Good morning. Today's lesson is from Luke chapter 8. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I was reminded how powerfully life events shape us when I got to spend time last weekend. I was on vacation with a dear friend. I don't get to see her very often. She's always been a gentle soul, a compassionate presence, a devoted mom. But in the last few years, as she has slowly and painfully freed herself from the chains of an abusive marriage, she has found her true voice again and reclaimed her identity. I don't know how else to describe it. The woman I saw last weekend was confident and independent, 
unguarded and open to sharing her story, filled with enthusiasm for her career and her life. The woman I saw last weekend was strong and whole, capable of weathering the bumps and bruises of life that still come flying her way. Perhaps she is a modern story of liberation and transformation. This ancient story of the Gerasene demoniac is a difficult one for us to relate to. We are introduced to a tragic soul who lives in a cemetery, who is possessed by a mob of demons who, by the way, can speak for themselves. A herd of swine fly off a cliff to their death, and exorcism leads to instant healing. It's almost too strange and horrifying to take in. So what is the good news for us? I have a suggestion. What if we bypass the weirder parts of this story and instead focus on Jesus? Because at every point in this wild tale, Jesus is pointed toward liberating the man from his suffering. The legion, the multitude, the swarm of voices in his head that prevent him from being exactly who he is meant to be. Friends, have you ever encountered someone you don't know in the grocery store or walking down the street or in the park who doesn't appear to be in their right mind? I have. Jesus steps off a boat, and as he's walking onto shore, he meets a man who is completely out of control, shouting at him. And what is the first thing Jesus does? It is so simple that we almost miss it. He asks the man his name. What is your name? Jesus asks. It might be a simple question, but in that question, Jesus communicates the profound. You have worth. You were more than all your brokenness that inhabits you. You have a unique and precious identity as a child of God. What is your name? Jesus asked the man. I myself have been asking what is your name a lot lately as your new pastor, and you've all been very gracious with me when I make mistakes. Like when I assumed two people were married, and they are married, just not to each other. Or when I was certain two people were related for several months because they shared a very common last name. Or when someone I've talked to many times offers a prayer during our worship service, and in that moment I simply can't recall her name. My desire to know your names isn't about me proving that I can get them right. See, it's about me having a starting place from which to get to know you. Who are you? I really want to know. 
I think calling someone by name correctly, mind you, can be a sacred act, an intentional proclamation, a proclamation that you are noticed, you are known, you are loved, you are connected to and part of this community's past and present and future. Did you notice that when Jesus asked the man his name, he responded by calling himself Legion? Legion literally means a division of the Roman army made up of 6,000 soldiers or more. In other words, a Roman legion, a mob of demons, was at war within this man. The sources of his brokenness in his mind, in his body, and in his soul were so many that he no longer felt he had a name of his own. The only name he could utter was all that held him captive. He defined himself by all the things that kept him from living an abundant life. Suddenly, even in the context of this very bizarre ancient story, we can begin to relate to this poor man. Because regardless of whether or not you are comfortable using the language of demons, we all struggle at times with legion. Those voices and forces and emotions and conditions, whatever they might be, that separate us from our true identity, our relationship with God, and our relationships with one another. I don't need to provide you with a laundry list of what those things might be for you because you already know what legion is for you. And I already know what legion is for me. The question I have is whether you and I, whether we can see ourselves as whole and separate from legion, the many sources of our brokenness and vulnerabilities. Can we see through to the way that Jesus sees us? And then, can we see others the way that Jesus sees them? Among the many important ways we live out our callings here at Mount Olivet, feeding, housing, caring for people in transition, supporting community organizations with our time and financial resources, it strikes me now that the one thing that only the church can do is to be a place where you can come and be known and to learn to know yourself as unconditionally loved by God, just the way Jesus sees you. And to grow in our capacity to know others, whether they are here at Mount Olivet or out in the community, to see them the way that Jesus sees them too. My friend's journey back to herself was a long and difficult one. Her own legion of fear and pain didn't come pouring out of her in an instant like the miracle that took place in our story. 
And yet it is a miracle that through her own still small voice, the support of those who walked alongside her repeating, repeating the promises of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, she is both healed and healing, grounded in her identity as a child worthy of love and honor and respect. So may we be people who see through the legion of voices and forces that prevent us from living abundantly out of God's grace. And let us be people who go and tell ourselves and others just what God has done. Amen.